And we thank you that we can have a living hope in you. And we pray this morning that it wouldn't be just something that's out there, but it'd be something we're longing for, we're reaching for, we're desiring and anticipating and experiencing and knowing. And this morning that you would be with us as we think about all the unexpectedness of who you are and what this season means, that we might um, draw deeper into our relationship with you. We pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, as we begin, I want to make something very clear. Uh, everything we do here at One Life is rooted in the life and the examples and the teachings of Jesus. Jesus is the one life that's at the core of all that we do. And so it's foundational that we know right from the start that during the Advent season, when we're talking about the arrival of God, that you know here we are specifically talking about Jesus. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 says this, the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. The scriptures tell us that Jesus is the exact representation of God. So if we want to know and understand God, we need to look to Jesus. And so I want to say that right off the bat for this season, that you know what we're talking about. And the thing with Jesus is that he's always doing the unexpected, which is why it's important when we look to Jesus, we do so to understand God. Because if we go by uh, what we think should happen, or what the world expects should happen, we're often going to miss what God is doing in and around and through us because we're not looking to Jesus for understanding what God is up to. You see, the Christmas story has always been a story of unexpected contrast. Hope born in a struggling, battling world into a barn. Supreme peace born under the rule of Roman brutality. Joy, enough to carry all of life, small enough to be carried in the crook of an arm, and ultimate love wrapped up in crude human cage of an infant's ribs. And of all the words to summarize this last year, I wonder if unexpected might be at the top of them, right? Unexpected verdicts, unexpected new variants and outbreaks, unexpected loss, riots, lockdowns, unexpected delays. How many times have we heard the phrase unexpected times? You see, Advent is a season of anticipation that focuses on Jesus' arrival, but so much of Jesus' birth was surprising and unexpected. Jesus came in an unexpected time through unexpected people in an unexpected place bringing unexpected love. And this is what our sermon series over this time is going to be about. And today we're going to be looking at the unexpected time in which Jesus arrived. To be clear, historically, the promised Messiah was expected for sure. The prophets had been telling of his arrival for centuries. And because of this, the people that day were full of desire for their Savior and the anticipation that they had gave them hope. But it didn't happen the way they thought it would. For some, the wait was unbearably long. For others, it was too soon. And for Mary and Joseph, I think if we were to ask them in the moment, the timing could not have been worse. 
These days, when we think of Jesus being born, it fills us with warm, goosebumpy feelings, right? We walk in here and all the lights and the decorations, and it feels so great. We're so thankful and grateful that the Messiah has come. But so much of this story would not have been characterized as perfect timing by the people who experienced it. And oftentimes, the way God works in our lives today can in some way go against our own sense of right timing, what we think God's timing ought to look like. Advent models this idea of anticipation around the the imagery of pregnancy. If you walk around the room, we have Advent art. Starts over here, and you can follow it, and it has a lot of themes of pregnancy, which reminds me of when my son was born. Our doctor had given us our due date. And being our second, we had gone through the process once already, because of course now we're experts. And so we knew we were having a baby, we had the date. We knew it was a boy. Unlike our firstborn, we hadn't nailed down a name yet, among other things like getting the room and ready and all those kinds of things. Um, It was about three and a half weeks before our son was due that we arranged a date, someone to come watch Gladdy so we could go out and do something. So Jen and I go downtown. We go shopping, and we're going to have a nice meal. and, And it wasn't long into this that Jen starts feeling some feels. But, you know, because we're experts, because we've gone through this before, we didn't think much of it. We we're like, ah, that's, this happened before, no big deal. Since we're downtown, since we're close to Swedish, we we're like, let's go. Let's just be safe and get things checked out. Well, to our surprise, our quick check-in turned into a three-and-a-half-week-early arrival. It was completely unexpected. We didn't have a plan. We didn't have our go-to-the-hospital bag. We didn't have our change of clothes. We didn't have the house ready. We didn't even have a name picked out. On top of that, unlike our first child, Jack wasted no time in his arrival. It came very quickly. And so although we were eagerly anticipating our son's arrival, even though we had great hope for this, ultimately nothing about Jack's arrival was how we expected it to go. And as a result, it was totally disorienting, to say the least. Well, the story of the arrival of Jesus was also very unexpected in many ways. And so the main idea I'd like us to ponder this morning as we enter into the Advent season is this idea that we must learn to embrace and accept God's timing, even though to us it might seem delayed, or it may come across as rushed, or just feel completely wrong. And so with that, I have a question. How do you react and respond to the unexpected? How do you react and respond when God's timing seems delayed or it seems rushed or it just feels wrong? Be thinking about that. First, God's timing can sometimes feel delayed. If we look at the scriptures, I don't know if you know this, but biblical scholars would argue that Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, is the first prophecy in scripture telling us that the Messiah is going to come. It's the text where God is in the garden with Eden after, um, and speaking to Satan after Satan tempted Eve. And God says this, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Genesis 3.15. Seriously, how long ago was that? (laughs) 
How many years have passed since that was written down? How many people lived and died throughout history without ever seeing the prophecy of Jesus fulfilled? If you were to take the intertestamental time, this is the time between the Old and New Testament, which is about 400 years, which is seen as this period of silence from God, where there wasn't prophecies and there wasn't words of God spoken. 400 years. Why did God choose this time, this form of quietness, this moment of space to lead us up to Jesus? At that time, northern Israelites had been in exile for somewhere around 700 years. The southern Israelites, similarly, around 600 years of exile. So the cry, how long, O Lord? We can't even comprehend this kind of waiting. We can look at Luke chapter 2, 36 through 40. It tells us of the prophetess Anna. The Bible says she was a widow most of her life, that her husband had died when they were very young, and she was longing to see the Messiah. She lived to the age of 84. She lived in the temple. She was fasting and praying her whole life, and it was until her very old age that Jesus gets brought to the temple as a young child for his dedication to the Lord. How many years of unfulfilled waiting went on in her life up to the year 84, waiting for Jesus? So much delay, so much waiting, so much longing. You see, sometimes it just seems as if God's timing is taking way too long. Anyone ever feel like that? I admit that that's the way I think most about God's timing when I'm wrestling with it. I can be very impatient with God at times because God's not answering my prayers as quickly as I would like. Or God's silent and I'm, I'm not liking it. Where are you? I want an answer. I need healing. I need a miracle. I need financial provisions. I need this. I need that. God, our society needs to be transformed. God, I'm longing for your kingdom to come and break through into the craziness of this world. Would you please set things right? God, would you bring your justice? Would you bring your mercy? Would you reach this friend of mine who doesn't know you? I'm not sure how much longer I can go. Where are you? Give me some answers, right? Anything. A yes, a no. Anything but this silence. And it makes you wonder, is there anything good that can come out of this tendency towards delay and silence? You see, when we read the Bible, we think God's constantly acting. People are praying, God responds. Something happens and God heals this and does this. It feels like it's constantly happening. But the Bible is covering so much history. There's often long periods of silence, long periods of delay. Is there anything that good come out of that? And I believe there is, but we forget. Our society is so go, go, go that we forget that the delay, that the silence has purpose. And we need to be reminded that when God is silent, we learn to trust God more. That when God is silent, we actually begin to crave and desire more of God. Can you imagine the desire and craving that was going on for the people during Jesus' time? When God's silence, we develop and grow patience, that fruit of the Spirit that we've talked about. How many of us need more patience? 
When God is silent, we tend to seek more of God and pray more frequently. The truth is that in all the situations and circumstances in the Bible where people felt like God's timing was taking way too long, we see that God ultimately was faithful to fulfill every single promise. It just happened in very unexpected timing. And we all have and may currently be feeling as if God's timing is delayed, that God is taking too long, or that maybe God has been silent to you. And so, again, I ask you, in what ways might you be experiencing this right now, and how are you reacting and responding to it? Now, God not only seems to be delayed at times, sometimes God's unexpected timing can seem rushed. In Luke chapter 2, in the Christmas story, we find that the shepherds are in the field uh, at night, and it says, suddenly an angel appeared. Suddenly a heavenly host appeared, and the shepherds hurried into the village. All of this was urgent, and they were rushing into the night. Matthew 2 speaks of the escape to Egypt where Mary and Joseph had to flee with Jesus to get away from Herod. It says the angel appeared in night in a dream to say, get up and flee right now, which you know Mary and Joseph are like, really? Right now? It's the middle of the night. Could you have given me a little more warning? How about a week in advance to prepare, to pack to get the camels ready, whatever needs to happen. God says, no, the time is now. We see in Matthew 4, when Jesus is calling Peter and Andrew to be his disciples, what does he do? Jesus walks right up to them in the middle of their workday. They're fishing, they're casting nets. That was their trade. Jesus walks up and says, come follow me. And what does the text tell us? It says, they immediately threw down their nets and started following Jesus. Immediately. Then there's the rich man in, Matthew, or in Mark 10 who must have felt like Jesus was moving way too quickly when he comes to Jesus and says, Lord, I've done everything you've asked me to do. I followed all of your commandments. What else is there? Jesus says, give everything you have away. Sell all your possessions. Come follow me. You know he's like, oh, hold up. What? I'm just getting started in this relationship with you. You want me to get rid of everything and drop it all and sell everything I have and follow you right now? This is moving a little too fast. And sometimes God's timing just seems way too quick, especially when God is calling us out of our comfort zone. Right? When we're getting called out of our comfort zone and he's saying, I need you to do this now, we want to slow way down. When God's asking us to do something we don't want to do or calling us to go someplace we don't want to go, it feels rushed. I'm not sure you know what you're doing here, God. When God's calling us to something we feel ill-equipped to do or it causes us to feel unsure in our abilities and giftings to accomplish it, we start questioning. We're like, slow down, God. I don't know if you know what's going on, right? Moses being invited to lead. He says, hold, hold, hold on. I stutter. I'm not sure this is really what you want me to be doing. And we feel rushed when God's calling us to something, but God doesn't let us know the picture, the full understanding of what's going on. We want to know all the details before we go. And we're saying, slow down, help us understand. And sometimes God is saying, no, I want you to come right now. You don't need all the details. 
And the truth is, in all the situations and circumstances in the Bible where people felt like God's timing was going way too fast, we see that God's unexpected timing was ultimately how it all needed to happen. So again, I ask you, in what ways might you be experiencing God moving in a way that feels too fast? Could it be that God is calling you out of your comfort zone, asking you to do something you don't want to do or to go someplace you don't want to go? Is God asking you to do something you feel ill-equipped for or is God calling you to something but refusing to give you all the details? If so, how do you respond to this unexpected timing? These are good questions. Advent invites us into. Now, not only do we experience unexpectedness of God's timing when God seems to be taking forever, we experience it when God seems to be rushing us, but this Advent story of the arrival of Jesus helps us see that sometimes God's unexpected timing just seems wrong. And Mary and Joseph's story are perfect examples for us this morning. And as a way to illustrate this, I'm just going to ask some questions here to help us think about how God's timing may have felt wrong to these two if we put ourselves in their situation. For example, why couldn't Mary have gotten pregnant after the wedding? Why did Mary and Joseph have to go through the societal shame of getting pregnant out of wedlock? Why did God's timing have to put Mary and Joseph through that kind of turmoil? Now, I'm not going to get to all the answers. I just want us to think about it, put ourselves in that shoe. Would that timing feel great to you? Joseph might be thinking, why, God, would you impregnate my future wife, right? Son of God or not, and why during a census when I actually have to travel a long distance with a pregnant woman? You know, a census didn't happen all the time. Super rare. Why out of all the times, God, did you're going to impregnate my wife with the Son of God, with Jesus, the Savior of the world, why did this have to happen during a census? Why couldn't this happen where I didn't have to travel a long distance on a very dangerous journey? Why couldn't we have just had the baby here at home? What's wrong with you? Right? Can you imagine? I'm sure Mary and Joseph had lots of questions. Like, why did you bless us with Jesus only to have us flee to Egypt? This doesn't feel right. And finally, maybe the most disturbing question, why did all the other children two years old and under around Bethlehem have to die at Herod's hand because you chose Jesus to be born now? God, you chose Jesus to come under the rule of this jealous king. Why wouldn't you send Jesus at a different time when this genocide wouldn't have to happen? How would you have felt if you were one of the parents of these other young children living around Bethlehem who was put to death because of this? What would we have thought about God's timing then? It's really hard. And I, I'm not going to try to give you some simple answers. I don't know that there are any real good answers some of us are facing very difficult situations that make us question if God even knows what's going on. Some of us might be in the process of walking away from God or feeling like we're on the verge of that because we feel like God's timing is so wrong and we don't understand, not to mention how the holidays can make us even more aware and sensitive to the fact that there are family members like my dad who passed away during COVID who was taken away, in my opinion, way too soon. 
or that job that we lost that happened right, be, right after we bought that new home. Or the impact of COVID-19 has had on us being able to see people we love or has taken the lives of people we love and we couldn't even be there with them. Or we hear stories of that stray bullet that was meant for somebody else but ended up hitting that child in the wrong place at the wrong time. So many things we could be going through and the timing just seems wrong to us. For all of these things, I don't have easy answers. I don't have amazing wisdom to give to each of us and to teach us about God's timing, how it's perfect in all these instances. I don't have the enlightenment to reveal how the circumstances in our place in the world and our lot in life and the time that we're born into, how it all fits together into God's timing when there are tragic results taking place around us. But what this Advent story tells us is that when Jesus arrived, people were struggling with the same things. It's ironic how we can want something for so long, for something we deeply hunger for and anticipate with such passion, and then when God finally moves, we find it abrasive, or we find it wrong, or we find it too slow, or we find it too fast. Is there anything in your life right now that feels as if God's timing is wrong? How are you reacting and responding to this unexpected timing? I believe this Advent season more than ever, God is calling all of us to embrace the unexpected nature of God. And I think a really big part of our problem that God is challenging us with is not that we don't want a God that is unexpected, it's that we don't want a God that is unexpected, right? We want a God that does exactly what we expect, whenever we expect it, however we expect it. That's what we want. And I wonder if God is beckoning us to actually let go of the expectations that we have, what we've put on God, and grow in our relationship with God by allowing God to be God in relationship to us. In doing so, I think God wants to teach us how to respond to him when God shows up in surprising ways with surprising timing. God wants us to learn to view those times with wonder and awe instead of annoyance and frustration. Because God is always showing up in unexpected places, in unexpected times, through unexpected people with God's unexpected love. This Advent season, I believe we're being invited to own that it's not God who needs to change, but us. We need to get better at processing and welcoming in the unexpected God of hope, of peace, joy, and love. And just like many of the songs that we have sung this morning, I believe it starts with longing. It starts with desire. It starts with an understanding that we need God. It starts with the desire for God to be present in our lives, to be with us. That's what Advent is all about. The arrival of God now with us. 
We're no longer alone in any of the things we're going through, no matter how the timing feels. We start with the same longing as the world had back then, with words like, come, Lord, come and free us. Free us from this darkness, Lord. We long for you. How often do we use those words? In whatever it is we're going through right now, where the timing just feels unexpected, may we all know and experience Emmanuel, God with us. May we see the light that has come into the darkness. May we grow in hope and peace and joy and love. And may we share the gift of God with us, with others. Amen. Now, I'd like to invite our worship team to come up, and they're going to give us space to play instrumentally for a bit to allow us space to ponder what we've learned and and just to think about our own stories right now and the timing that we're experiencing. And as they do, I have a couple questions for us to think about. They're just kind of further our thinking and application, and I'd love to hear from you. If you're in the room, there's a connection card on your seat. If you're online, there's a link on the online platform for you, and you could just share your thoughts to one of these or multiple questions. That would be fantastic. We'd love to hear from you. Question number one, which of these three unexpected timings do you struggle with the most? The sense that God's taking too long, that God's moving too fast, or that God's timing just feels wrong? And I'd love to hear your thoughts. Number two, pick a past story from your life where you felt as if God's timing was unexpected and tell us what you learned through that experience. Again, part of what we have to remember is in the moment we're feeling feels, but we also have our past that informs our present that helps us step into the future. So what are some experiences of God's unexpected timing that you've gone through and what have you learned? And how can you take that into your present moment? And then finally, what is something that stood out to you today from our conversation? I'm going to close us in prayer, but the team is going to give us some space to pray, to confess, to own, to give thanks, to receive, to be filled, to dream, whatever you feel called to in this time. I'm going to let you know, too, our prayer team is back. Um, If you have prayer, they would love to pray with you. If you're here, they'll be right over to the side. If you're online, all you have to do is hit the request prayer button on the left side of our chat line on the online platform. And they will connect with you in prayer in the order it's received. So just be aware that if you're online, they may be in the moment praying with someone here and vice versa. So just be patient. Um, But they feel honored and called and blessed to be able to pray with and for you. So please take advantage of that in this time. I'm going to close our time with prayer. Then Brian and the team's going to give us some space to reflect instrumentally. And then we'll join together with one last song of response. Let's pray. Father, Son, Spirit, as we enter into the season of Advent, we're reminded that we're in a unique place. We enter this story um, so much further in the future from when it happened. We have you, Holy Spirit, with us. We have so much more information to, to guide and lead us. And yet, at the same time, we still experience your timing to be unexpected. God, sometimes it feels like you're taking too long. Sometimes it feels like you're rushing. And other times, God, it just doesn't seem right and it's hard to understand. 
And so, God, we just ask as we've longed for you, as we, we desire hope, as we think of the invitation to get into that bubbling spring and to get in it, God, we pray that you would show yourself to be Emmanuel, God with us in the midst of whatever's going on, whether it's Mary and Joseph's story, whether it's this other tragic story, the situation, whether it's in our own lives, whether it's in our neighborhood, whether it's in our country, it's in our world, we long for you to show yourself to be present, that we would know we're not alone, that that would give us hope, that that would allow us to experience your peace, your shalom, that we'd have this God-inspired joy in the midst of the suffering, and that the love that we experience from you, Father, Son, Spirit, would be something we could share with others who are going through similar things. Be with us as we dive into this Advent season. Help us draw near to you as you draw near to us. And pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.